0: Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to which we can all say, Amen. Our text is from Genesis. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So it's often said, at least I'm not a hypocrite. I do what I feel like doing when I feel like it. We're gonna see the problem with this in a minute. So you've heard about the two kinds of righteousness, and that's a big deal for us. But I'm going to tell you about the three kinds of ashamedness, or unashamedness, as the case may be, in this sermon. So, what is our first kind of unashamedness? And I have to tell you, as I was reading this text, I was looking at it going, oh, I could say things about this, I could say things about that. But I'll tell you, it's hard to relate to this text because I don't live in the garden, and I have never known what it is like to not have a conscience about sin, because I'm a sinner. How many people are sinners? Oh, how many don't raise your hands? Very good. I like that. So for our first kind of unashamedness, we have the garden. God has just solved Adam's problem of loneliness by creating Eve. First, by bringing all kinds of animals to him, none found suitable to him then by doing surgery on him, very gentle surgery, I'm sure, taking one of his ribs and making a woman from it, and they were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Wow. Pretty good. It's an idyllic world. I can't relate. It's okay though, because it was good. But what does a second kind of? unashamedness look like? Well, you know, there's this first kind of unashamedness, and then there is the problem, we are exposed to sin. And the wages of sin is death, and we are subject to death when we are born, and we are subject to death when we are not born. This is a kind of a accountability For those who don't think there is an age of accountability, they should ask whether we can die, because I think death makes you pretty accountable. So this second kind comes in Jeremiah. It's a kind where we don't care anymore. Then the Lord said to me, pour out my anger on the children in the streets and on the gatherings of the young people. Husbands and wives will be taken away, and even the very old will not be spared. Their houses will be given to others, and so will their fields and their wives. I am going to punish the people of this land. Everyone great and small tries to make money dishonestly. Even prophets and priests cheat the people. They act as if my people's wounds were only scratches. All is well, they say, when all is not well. Were they ashamed because they did these disgusting things? No, they were not at all ashamed. They don't even know how to blush. And so they will fall as others have fallen. When I punish them, they will be the end of them. That will be the end of them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, Jeremiah is what I would call a specialist. He's great at diagnosing sin. And the Lord, his God, uses him to do this in so many powerful ways. But here are the words from the text that stand out for our purposes. Were they ashamed because they did all these disgusting things? No, they were not at all ashamed. They don't even know how to blush. And so here we have a different kind of unashamed. We have an unashamed that is the result not of innocence as in Genesis, but rather becoming so mired in sin that you don't care anymore that no repentance is left, that you are out and proud of your sin. Now, the Lutheran Confessions describe this as open sin, talking about David and Bathsheba and the openness of their sin against Uriah in this regard, and declaring that in this state, one can say with confidence that the Holy Spirit and faith have departed a person, preventing them from having even shame. Unfortunately, we get to see a lot of this kind of unashamedness in our society with people committing terrible sin out and proud of it, and not just the sin de jour homosexuality, but sin of all sorts, unnecessary divorces, homicides, genocides, avarice, so much that we become numb to sin's corrosive effects with its rampant and narcissistic individualism. The whole head is sick. So the first kind of unashamedness is due to lack of sin. This second kind is due to being steeped in sin to such a degree that we just don't care to repent and have become proud of our wickedness. This kind of honesty just shows how very sick, how very far down the road of wickedness we have come. It is the worst form of hypocrisy, for it bends the conscience so far as to call what is right wrong and wrong right, ignoring the Creator, and as Paul says, inventing ways of doing evil. Well, blessedly for all of us, there is another kind of unashamedness, and that's the best kind. Let's hear the author of Hebrews on this subject. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles He was unashamed of us, and unashamed of the cross, which was the most horrible way of shaming people in death in the Roman Empire. Or in other words, without the word shame, we hear this in Philippians, but it amounts to the same thing. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Christ, the righteous one, has come to shame, sin, death, and the devil. He has done this by the most unexpected means possible by taking up the cross for all of us and walking. He has carried his cross to Golgotha, frightened freighted as it was with all the sins of the world, and on it he has borne us and all of our sins, apostasies, and hard-hearted independencies. Christ was unashamed of us and was unashamed of the worst means of capital punishment. He loved us when we were unlovable and gave his life that we might live with him. And by that cross, he raises us up to have loving, caring relationships with God and our neighbors. Here is the most perfect and useful unashamedness we can find. One by a good God coming down to be with with us as the God-man, unashamed of us in the mess we find ourselves in. And he sends his Holy Spirit to be with us and gives us Christian and brothers and sisters to support and defend us. And prepares good works in advance for us to do. What could be better? He gives us purpose and makes us responsible. He is our God and we are his people. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.